Philippians chapter 3, uh, verse 12 through 14. It's a familiar passage. You don't have to stand because we've stood and ran and did leaps and flips and all that. When you have to say, I have the bread. Not as though I'm there. Not as though I've already attained either were already perfect. But I follow after that if I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind. And I'm reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Now, there's a whole lot that's taking place in this service. Maybe you'll just remember thoughts. So I want you to remember this. Look at the person beside you. Tell them, Stay in the press. Stay in the press. Stay in the press. Listen, when Jesus said it's finished, that means our salvation is complete in him. No, for real. When we come into a saving knowledge of Christ, our salvation is complete in him. When you receive salvation, that means you are saved. Now, there are those who may be closer in proximity to his light, to his gifting, etc., but you can't be more saved than anyone else. I done messed up already. Because you know how some people are saved, saved? <laughs> hmm. Your standards may be higher. Your convictions may be stronger, but you're either saved or you're not. You know, you're either in him or outside of him. Look what Colossians chapter 2 verse 8 says. Beware lest any man spoil you through the philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of this world and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and you are complete in him, which is the head of everything that's trying to kill you. I want you to lay hands on yourself. Don't look at your neighbor. Say, I'm complete in him. See, if you ever get that revelation, you'll live different. Because a lot of times growing up in church, we try to do holy. Come on, what, what, does, what, does, what does doing holy look like? And if I start asking you what is doing holy, you will start telling me what's not holy. Well, that means I don't drink. That means no, no. I says, what does, what does doing holy look like? And you will find out that you can never do what you're not. He never told us to do holy. He told us to be holy. Because if you try to produce holiness without being holy, you will fail in your own attempt. I want you to lay hands on yourself and say, I'm complete in him. Not incomplete, but complete in him. This is a fact. But I also want you to understand that when God's word goes out into a situation or into a person's life, it doesn't return void, but it accomplishes what it was sent out to do. That means even though I'm completing him, there's a process in me. His work is complete, 
but there is an accomplishing that he does in us. I need my five storefront members to say amen. Okay, I got more. All right. There's a becoming, Rob Tamale. There's a processing. There's a progression. That's a, there's a pressing. It's complete, but I'm still growing. Depending on what your theological background is, you'll call it different things. Shannon, you, you may call it sanctification, which is a work of grace. Or sanctification, an act of faith on behalf of the believer. Because God sanctifies us, but then the Bible says sanctify yourselves. There are those who lift to you that this progression is based on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Which is a seal of a person's salvation or some consider it the second blessing. Which is seen or heard through the manifestation of glossolia speaking in tongues. No matter where you stand in this, we must all agree that after prayer and the prayer of salvation, after getting baptized in Jesus' name, or even speaking in tongues, there are still some things in us that's undone. I promise y'all I'm almost finished. Without acknowledging this, you know, you can, you can act like it's, you know, you're good. But without acknowledging this or understanding this, it will leave you emotionally unstable. You know how many sanctified people are on the verge of mental breakdowns? Because without understanding it's a process, you will find yourself in high moments and then disappointed because you found out you were still human and fall over into depression. Speak it in tongues but mentally unstable because I'm trying to keep up the image for the people but oh wretched man that I am who shall deliver me from the body of this death because when I would do good come on in here with me evil is always present there's a war in my members and if you don't understand that war is going on you will find yourself emotionally unstable that's why you will shout, dance and then wonder if you're saved You'll be gifted and crazy because you're dealing with the schizophrenia of, of feeling one way, but then look at the decisions you made. Oh my God. They don't match up with the title you got. When you look at that, some of the stuff you're still dealing with because we testify things we used to do, we don't do no more. When some of our real testimony is some things we used to do, we don't do so often. Okay, it's all right. All right. Tell your neighbor, I'm in a process. I'm in a, I'm in a process. Because without understanding this or at least acknowledging it, you ain't got to acknowledge it with everybody, but you do need to acknowledge it with you. Because if not, it'll drop you off falling in the abyss of spiritual contradictions. Without understanding the progressive nature of our salvation, Jared, it will make you either question God or question yourself. Did I ever get saved? Do I have what I said I have? Because look like the other people don't have the battles that I have. 
Now, but I'm about to pull the cover off of all of them up here, and I'm going to pull the cover off of all y'all deacons and singers and tongue talkers and prophets. We don't all have the same struggle, but we all got one. We all got something that keeps us on the altar. We all got something that keeps us humble. We all got something that keeps bringing us to the altar. Now look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, the Holy Ghost got me. Tell him, I got a struggle, but a struggle ain't got me. Hallelujah, the Holy Ghost got me. But there's something that buffets me. Lest I would be exalted above measure concerning the revelation that has been given unto me. There's something that when I would get a little arrogant, it tugs back at me. There's something when I look at other people says, I can't believe she did that. And it says, you, you can't believe she did that? Did you hear? Oh, yeah. There's something that when you would gossip about somebody, it says, shh. Because we have this expectation. We have this expectation, Walter, on ourselves. What salvation looks and feels like. And if I don't feel it, that means maybe what I said I have is not true. We even try to measure our salvation based upon how many rules we can keep. Now, I'm a church baby, so I know what I'm talking about. The only problem with this it's when you're keeping the rules, and if you can't keep them, you become prideful. And when you can't keep them, you become distant and depressed. Anybody, anybody other than me, you love God, but because you felt like you disappointed God, you didn't pray? No, 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 no. Anybody other than me? I'm not about what the church people know about because some people are not repentful they just sorry they sorry because they got found out but there's some of us without anybody else knowing and you'll look at somebody no don't ask me to pray no 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 don't ask me don't ask no don't ask me come on you better praise with me no 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 you go ahead go ahead and instead of running to the father it makes us distance ourselves from the father I'm going to say something, and some of you, this may be your last Sunday here when I say this. But some of you, is going to be deliverance to you. I want you to look at the person beside you, and I want you to give them this word. Tell them, you have not disappointed God. Let it sink in. No, I know that ain't no hallelujah. No. Okay. Somebody else said it to you and they may not have believed it and they may feel like they didn't need it. So lay hands on yourself. Say, hey, you, no matter how you feel, this thing is not about feeling. You have not disappointed God. I want to say that to somebody because there's somebody here that needs to be saved. You don't know the Lord, but because you feel like being saved is unobtainable because it's something you have to keep up. Then you said, I'll wait to straighten myself out before I get saved. I'll wait to quit what I'm doing before I get saved. But the truth is, if you could do it on your own, you wouldn't need Jesus. Bishop, I think that is very dangerous for you to tell the people they can disappoint God. No, you can't. 
you can displease him. And I know he's been displeased with me. I know the Holy Spirit has been grieved at moments. The Holy Ghost don't just make you shout. The Holy Ghost will whoop you. <laughs> the Holy Ghost will tell you to shut up. The Holy Ghost won't let you sleep until you apologize. The, oh, y'all don't, don't got that Holy Ghost, do you? The Holy Ghost will make you apologize even when you feel justified. You can displease God, but Danny, you can't disappoint him because to disappoint God would mean that God is not omniscient. And because God is all-knowing, even when you said you weren't going to do it again, he already knew when you were going to do it. He still forgave you and knew it all the time. For him to be disappointed would mean he's not omniscience. He's not all-knowing. I want you to come into this salvation. So my point in this dialogue is to speak to the believer. If you are truly a believer, you are saved. But you need to understand this. Although you are saved, we are a dichotomy or a trichotomy based upon the model you want to look at. But we are made up of material and immaterial matter. We are body, soul, and spirit. And when you get saved, there's a part of you that's saved immediately. There's another part of you that's being saved daily. There's another part of you that's going to be saved eventually. But you got one responsibility. Stay in the press. Oh, y'all thought I forgot my topic. <laughs> Tell somebody to stay in the press. As long as you stay in the press, you're good with God. But the moment you start making excuses and getting comfortable in your sin, as long as you start making, oh, y'all not saying, start operating in sin and pride. Tell your neighbor, I didn't do everything right. But I, at least I was humble about it. Some of you did your sin and was posting it on social media and dared somebody to say anything about it. One sign I know you don't have a spirit of conviction is because when somebody confronts you about your stuff, you bring up other people's stuff. But let me tell you something. When you stand before God, you ain't going to stand before God for nobody else. You got to answer for yourself. And I don't know about y'all, but this is the way I feel. It's important to me that after all of this dancing, after all of this shouting, after all this speaking in tongues, after all this denying myself, it's important to me, not that I'm a bishop, not that I got a new house, not that I get a new car. It's important to me that I'm saved. Because I'll walk away from this as long as I can stay safe. I'll give this up. I'll be a doorkeeper in somebody's church. I just want to be, I just want to be saved. I want you to lift up your hands and say, thank you for saving me every day. I press, I press in ancient times were mechanisms that were, that were used to extract the inward contents from the fruit. Because don't you realize that if you got an olive in your hand and you feel the weight of that olive, over half of its weight is the oil that's on the inside. I want to speak to you that the greatest part of you 
you look good with your hair laid and, and your face beat up or whatever y'all say. You look good with your suit. And I've seen your workout pictures and your herbal life. I love all of that. That's nice. Congratulations. But the greatest part of you is the oil that's on the inside. Whew. Because your outside is going back to the dust. And that's why I'm telling y'all, I am working on me. Maybe it's, maybe because I'm getting older. I don't, I don't like to be in conversations about other people. That don't stimulate me. I, well, you know, have you heard? No, no, no. I am working on me. Because I, to be honest with y'all, I really want to be better. I want to know what life looks like on the other side of my hangups. <laughs> and so there's an inward content. The weight of who I am is on the inside. And so what does a husbandman in King James Version do or a farmer? He gently shakes the tree. Because if he forcefully shakes the tree, that means what falls is not ready. Jesus don't kick the door down. He gently tugs on us. And when you're ripe. <laughs> they take the olives and I'm almost finished. I got 15 minutes and I have to dismiss. They take the olives and then they remove the pits. Then the olives are paid, placed in a basin. The basin of the press. Then there's a heavy stone. A stone. <laughs> Hallelujah. The stone is not a what? The stone is a who? The stone rolls over the olives. Now, the stone does not operate by itself. It's connected to an oxen or a beast of burden or a donkey or a mule that pulls the lever that's connected to the stone. And that's why the Bible says, don't clog up or muzzle the mouth of the ox that's treading out the corn. When God gives us preachers and teachers and mentors and godly parents, their job is to roll Jesus over us. And sometimes it's a heavy task because it's hard to pull a stone over some people that's not ready to be pressed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But tell your neighbor, no matter how uncomfortable it is, stay there. Stay there. What are you telling them to say? Stay in the press. Oh, thank you for my diagram. You see that, see that, that wooden lever, that wooden plank? You tie an animal to it. And the animal would move and run it over. And the oil that comes out first is the virgin oil. It's the pure oil. It's the oil that don't have the stuff in it. And some of you trying to hold back, but God wants what's first. We're giving God what's left over, but God wants what's first. Okay, all right, all right. Then, then the oil comes out but let me tell you somebody said okay but well get me out of here now because you got the oil that, that first pressing 
is, is nice. But the reason why they keep pressing is because there's more usages in it. Some of us, it's uncomfortable. And we're not what we want to be, but the more you stay in the press, you're going to find out there's more in you than what you knew. God wouldn't exhaust his energy with pressing you. Hallelujah. If he didn't want to use you. Somebody right now, you've been under pressure lately. But you've been mislabeling the hand that's on the stick. You've been feeling pressed lately. Let me get off of this. Let me, let me get off of this. Hallelujah. Just because everything hasn't changed, just because you haven't conquered every habit, stay in, stay in the press. Stay, stay in the press. Stay in the press. Oppress in our lexicon and our present vernacular. Thank you so much, Sister Hackney. Oppress could mean something we use to iron out our wrinkles. And in order to iron it out, you need pressure with heat. I'm not screaming, but I'm preaching. So uh, that's called a, that's called an olive press. And then you got a you got a clothing press. Then it's something called a called a wine press. And this, this wine press is a little different. You got to get the right grapes. Whew. And this is when the farmer takes it personal. They don't call for a stone. They don't call for an animal. They call for a man. Testament for our salvation. You needed bullocks and rams and, and lambs and pigeons. But in the New Testament, God prepared Himself a man. He put on, He put on flesh. Came in the volume of the book. Because we need a man. Why? Because with grapes, if, uh, if you use a stone, you'll break the seed that's on the inside of it. God said, I want to I mash you, but I'm not trying to break you. I'm, 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 I'm pressing you, but I'm not trying to destroy you. So, so we don't need no animal to pull the lever on this one. So what's going to happen? That's when for the wine press, the right man, they got the right size, steps over in and puts his feet on the grapes. Why do you need a man to put your feet on the grapes? 
because the right man knows how to apply the right pressure and I know we've been saying Lord lay your hands on me but at one point you gotta say Lord put your foot on me when my flesh tries to come out of the press put your foot on me when my flesh tries to come out of the process somebody throw your hands up and shout Lord I give you permission put your foot on me everyone stand that's my message if you didn't get it you won't listen then here's this woman who had a whole lot of issues she brought her box and she didn't anoint his head she didn't anoint his head she got down <laughs> and anointed his feet because she had a revelation that the highest place you can ever achieve to is at the feet of Jesus somebody lift up your hands and give God permission Lord I give you permission I give you I give you permission because I've been everything in me wants to escape the process Because I do quitting very well. I do running very well. I do resigning very well. But this time, Lord, you've already laid hands on me, but this time, Lord, put your foot on me. I trust the weight of your glory. Because see, if the seed gets crushed, it compromises the flavor. Because seeds release, releases bitter flavors. But when God presses us, there's a sweet taste that comes out of us. Hey, this is Bishop S.Y. Younger. Thank you for watching this video. And now what I need you to do is like and subscribe to this YouTube channel so you can continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and gospel content in your direction.